Terry Wilson has been involved with local politics for more than a decade, first as a member of the Jennings School Board and then as a city councilman. He says the skills he has learned will help build the relationship between St. Louis County's council and its executive. The candidate for the first district seat on the county council joins us next on Politically Speaking. Let's hit the music. This is the Politically Speaking podcast, the definitive show about Missouri politics. We have to talk about things that matter to people. I've tried to bring that same aggressive iconoclast style with me to uh, the United States Senate. I think my district is a model for the state. We put Missourians first. You just kind of have to find the common ground with people. I believe that this district deserves someone who represents their values. After I came back to St. Louis, I started thinking that I could have a bigger role on the change that I wanted to make. And welcome to Politically Speaking. I'm your host, Rachel Lippman. Joining me this morning in the studio is... Jason Rosenbaum. And also with us today is our guest... Councilman Terry Wilson. He is a councilman in the city of Jennings yes. and is currently running for the first district seat in uh, the Saint, for the St. Louis County Council. He's challenging Rita Days. And Terry, you're a first-time guest on the show, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So um, that gives us a chance to ask you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about Terry Wilson and your background. Absolutely. Well, I am St. Louis, born and raised. I'm a North County kid. Um, been living in Jennings since the early 80s. Um, was educated in the Jennings uh, Public School District, and then I actually went to a parochial school for a year. And then my grandmother got sick. Uh, she got cancer. And so uh, I went to high school in St. Louis Public School. I went to um, Cleveland RLTC. Uh, then from Cleveland RLTC, I went to Central Methodist my freshman year of college. From there, I transferred to Lincoln University in Jefferson City um, and then graduated uh, from Lincoln University and then came home and followed my mother's footsteps. My mother's an educator. Um, and then in the summers, I spent my summers working for a nonprofit organization. Um, which led me to a program called the Freedom School, uh, which I brought that, helped bring that program to Beyond Housing, where I am now. Um, I've been at Beyond Housing for the last 12 years, uh, managing the Paisdale Family Support Center. Uh, I have a beautiful wife, LaCrista Wilson, and I have two smart, energetic kids. Uh, started my political career as a city count, no, as a school board member in uh, Jennings. That was the first position that I actually ran and won. One of the reasons I decided to run for school board, not just to get involved in politics, but I saw that our school district was, was suffering. We were in a bad situation at the time. Uh, we were in a budget deficit. Um, the uh, graduation rate was low. Facilities were terrible. And so I said, hey, I'm going to raise my hand and see what I could do. And uh, when I got on the board, the first thing I noticed, there was a lot of uh, dysfunction on the board. Um, the, the board wasn't getting along. Um, there wasn't any stability with a superintendent. And so that was our first order of business. So literally my third month of being a school board member, I was in the middle of a search for a superintendent. And so um, we it was a long process. I learned a whole lot. We ended up hiring uh, Dr. Tiffany Anderson, which uh, got our school district on the right track. Um, and a lot of things that she implemented, we still do in the school district. And I became president after that. 
uh, when we became uh, fully accredited. Uh, we passed a $11.5 million bond issue to improve all of the facilities. Um, and so in the midst of all that, the community noticed, um, you know, that I, I had a great leadership quali qualities. Um, I was able to bring folks together. Uh, even the board uh, noticed that. And so some folks pushed me to run for city council because at the time the city was going through a lot of stuff. Um, it's like I always come into these chaotic situations. I tend to get people to look at things a, a different way. And I think that's the educator in me as well. And so, um, you know, I think that's what I bring to the table. You know, I, I bring common sense to the table. What do you think your experience in educational and city council politics would bring to county politics? I think it would bring a whole lot. I mean, you're dealing with budgets, you're dealing with allocation of funds, you're dealing with um, putting things in the right place, uh, you're dealing with um, hiring staff, uh, you're dealing with dealing with the the community, uh, you're working with community organizations, uh, you're working with a lot of you you would not believe how much politics is in school boards. Yeah, um, I, mean, I would. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the politics in a, a school district dealing with administrators and teachers and all the other things that go along with that, um, I think was my training ground. It gave me the foundation. Plus, I get to deal with the people on a one-on-one -on -one basis every day. So what will make you a better representative on the county council for first district than the incumbent Rita Days? So I think a lot of the dysfunction and chaos comes from, um, I, I, I don't know, I don't know if I should use the word beef, but that's the hip word. But a lot of political um, beef uh, has has been back and forth um, through old relationships. And I think sometimes you may have to switch um the person to kind of get things done because a lot of those things continue to linger on. But at the end of the day, besides that, I think it's time for St. Louis County to go in a new direction with some new ideas, a fresh face, a fresh voice, uh, and someone who has the energy uh, to get these things done and someone who already has the relationships built in North County. I think priority number one is really bringing all the leaders together. We have about 32 municipalities in uh in the first district. And that is a lot of collaboration that has to happen. And the fact that I do that on an everyday basis uh, right now, currently, I think only helps the situation. So you've been endorsed by St. Louis County Executive Sam Page. Yeah. How can you provide assurances to the first district that if you're elected to the council, you're you're not just going to be a rubber stamp for him? Well, I have a, a, a prime example of that. My mother is the mayor of Jennings. And there are things that I don't agree with my mother on politically and I make it known and if I could do that with my own mom <laughs> sure enough I could do that with anybody you know so what sort of things have you disagreed with Sam Page on uh the way he handled COVID when it first happened mm -hmm. uh, when 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 it first happened I didn't think uh the county executive office uh gave North County the support that it needed at the time um, and since then, uh, a lot of pressure has been put on him. Of course, you know, an election happened in between that as well. And I think um, I think those conversations that have been had with his office, his administration and other folks around him have uh, ha has really kind of been rectified. Um, and so uh, that's where I was at the time. You know, I was I was really, really opposed 
to how uh, things were handled at first um, when the, the pandemic first hit. So this is interesting because COVID was on our list. It just wasn't up uh, next in terms of the questioning. <laughs> you know let's just go to let's it. Let's just go to it then. <laughs> yeah, you set it. up the pivot. Let's go. Yeah. Would you have supported mask mandates uh-huh. at any point during the pandemic? Absolutely, I have. And I, I actually was very outspoken um, when that happened. Um, I um, was able to get other Democratic leaders to come together and say, hey, uh, we demand a mask mandate uh, even when um, – it was struck down uh, because I think that was the first protection for our community. I think it sends a message um, that, you know, the government is looking out for your best interest, but also we have some things in place to kind of keep you safe. And, and I think that should be first priority for all public servants to keep the community safe, um, you know, during a pandemic. Why was it so difficult to get the council rowing in the same direction on mask mandates? Where's the blame for that lie? Well, I think uh, politics came into place. And, and, and on, on some issues, um, politics should be put aside and the people should be put first. Um, and I think, um, I think loving your community more than you hate another politician should be very, very important. Should the executive have gotten the council involved earlier in the conversation about mask mandates? Yeah, I think that probably could have went a different way. Um, And and that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. We're getting things done on the council and working with the executive. Um, Communication is key. And not only um, communicating, but folks need to not say we're going to do this in the room and then go outside the room and do something different. That's where the confusion happens. That's where the conflict happens every time. Um, Don't say one thing in my face and then get on TV or get in another room and say something different. And I think that's where a lot of our uh, conflict arises from. Um, You know, one of the things that I think is a perennial issue, not only in the first district, but also the fourth district, Mm -hmm. which are the two most African-American districts, Mm -hmm. is vaccine hesitancy. I've seen maps where vaccine uptake where I live in like Maplewood and Richmond Heights is really, really high. Mm -hmm. But then you go to municipalities in the first district or you go to like Spanish Lake, which happens to be places where a lot of black people live Mm -hmm. and it's pretty low. What would you do as a councilman to reverse that? Uh, Well, it it all comes down to education. It all comes down to making sure uh, that that the community has the most factual information. Uh, It also comes down to who is delivering these messages. Sometimes we get a lot of messages from people who aren't professionals, and I think the trust in our community comes from those that actually do the job, um, especially in the black community. I mean, the black community trusts their doctors. Their doctors that they've been going to for years, um, they trust them. And I think if if the leadership is conflicted, the professionals are conflicted, everybody's confused. No one knows who to trust. And I think the more we educate our uh, community with the professionals and the more that the leadership is in alignment and with the professionals, uh, I think it makes for a better Would you or did you support the occupancy restrictions on businesses, the capacity restrictions at any time during the pandemic? Was that an effective strategy? Uh, In the beginning, everybody was trying to figure this thing out. It was it was it was confusing. It was new for everybody. And I think we needed to set some type of standard to say, okay, let's look at this. But I think once we set the standard and saw how things were going, I think we needed to revisit it more. I don't think we should have let it linger. I don't think we should have said, all right, it's restrictions and and that's it. 
I think we should have been seriously monitoring those restrictions, seeing, okay, was it an uptick? Oh, um, did more people get affected? And then made the adjustments along the way. I don't think we made the adjustments uh, rapidly enough. So we've talked a lot of retrospectively about COVID, but the reality is COVID is still happening now. Absolutely. But I I mean, the attitudes about COVID have changed dramatically over the last two years. What would be kind of your mindset if there's another big surge and you're being asked to vote on a mass mandate or occupancy restrictions when there's vaccines now, there's therapeutics, and there's just different public attitudes about these sort of things. So so we would definitely have to look at all the options before making a decision. But my thing is my option would be the best option at the time to protect the community. So uh, if 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 this is to protect the community, then that's the best option. I'm looking to protect the community at all costs uh, when it comes to public health because that's my responsibility as a leader. And so I would vote on the best option, the recommended option from the professionals, and, and we would go from there. One of the other main issues that comes up a lot, not just during a pandemic, but really always is is crime. Mm-hmm. And you say on your website that you're going to comprehensively address crime. Explain Absolutely. that. What does that mean? That starts with working with the public safety department. Um, I don't think the council um, does enough of that. I think the council um, thinks they know what's best at all times. And instead of working directly with the people who are doing it, um, I think more funding needs to be directed in more strategic areas. I think also um, things that are projects that are lingering uh, need to move forward that help um, combat crime. Like I think there's a new crime lab that's on the the table to be built. Um, more cameras need to be installed. All these things they say need to happen just need to happen. Um, and I think we let a lot of things linger. And instead of um, doing all these studies, I think we need to take the recommendations from the study and actually implement those things. Now, when you say cameras, do you mean like speed cameras or cameras that catch certain crimes going on? The city of Jennings, we contract police services with uh, St. Louis County. So we, mm-hmm. we work closely with St. Louis County. So I see a lot of the bells and whistles that they do have. Um, so uh, they use um, instruments such as um, shot spotter. And then we have cameras that are on uh, light poles that um, read um, license, license plates. And so that helps uh, catch uh, cars that come through the community that are stolen vehicles because they have specialized units that are posted up in certain areas. And, and it's been useful. It's been helpful. And I think uh, if we focus on those things that work and scale them up, um, I think we'll see a, a, a change in crime. And, and it's crazy to, to hear this because you hear crime all the time, but crime has decreased uh, in our community, certain crimes. Um, but like I said, we need to do more and we need to continue to do more. We need to be more aggressive uh, with the things that are working uh, in our community. One mm-hmm. of the things that was supposed to help keep, retain, recruit officers mm-hmm. was boosting salaries. Yes. And part of that was going to be funded through the 2017 Public Prop Safety P. Sales Tax Prop P. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Would you on the council have supported spending that money on other areas such as raises at the jail, which were arguably public safety, but it was marketed, it was always marketed as for the police? Well, I think it should have been marketed as public safety. Um, that way it would have been able to cover uh, all of those areas without controversy. But I think in the in the details, um, I think it, uh, it kind of left room for that. But I think the jail deserves, the jail workers deserve a raise. I mean, 
everybody deserves a raise. <laughs> but I, I didn't. I was not opposed to um, the work, the the prop P money being used for uh, the jail. Right, and I, I mean, that's a consequence of not saying it goes to police yeah. specifically in the language. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, people brought that up all the time when yeah. that passed. Yeah. But do you think that prop P has been a success? We've had people come on the show, Republicans and Democrats, have been like it. It was marketed as this transformational public safety tool, and it just has been kind of a flop overall. What's your thought on it? Well, uh, I would say for the city of Jennings, it's kind of it's kind of different because we don't have our own police department, mm-hmm. so uh, we can't really we don't have anything to kind of compare it to because we're paying a police contract, but we also have our own uh, federal holding um, prison as well in the in the city of Jennings that we manage. Um, and so we're able to maximize uh, those public safety funds uh, for other things. Because for our listeners, part of Proposition P is mm-hmm. municipalities get a certain right. amount of money from yeah. it every year. And, yeah. and, unfor- and actually one of the controversies of that is some cities got like several million dollars, especially yeah. in West St. Louis County. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really need that money. Yeah. Like, so they spent it on potholes. Like Baldwin does not need three million $3 extra million. dollars for police service. But I would argue Jennings and the rest of the first district deserves a lot more. We definitely deserve a lot more, especially mm-hmm. with with the crime that that's going on. And all the resources need to be in the areas that needs to be fixed. Um, I, I, I would I would say for the city of Jennings, Prop P has been a big help for us and our budget. Um, um, we do have a police contract uh, that we that we pay, and um, me as the the chairman of the Ways and Means, I would I would rather not see us in uh, the red um, as it relates to budget. Uh, I would I would love to always see us in the black, and uh, we have been in the black uh, every year, um, and I think Prop P has helped. I mean, any extra funds to to deliver public services to the community is always helpful and uh, the citizens and the elected officials and the and the workers are grateful for for the tax dollars that we get because we make sure that we maximize uh, the tax dollars that we do get and we make sure that we're responsible uh, with those funds that we do have and so we're grateful for prop P uh, because I think without it we probably would be suffering um, right now um, with our budget so If you're elected to the council, Mm -hmm. you'll be in charge of approving nominees to the St. Louis County Police Board. What are the characteristics of those members that you would like to see? So all police commissioners should all bring a variety of diverse backgrounds to the table. I don't think there, there should be one type of police commissioner. I think we should try to get as close as possible to have all representation at the table on those boards. You're talking geographically, Geographically, racially. racially, I I think we need some younger people uh, on the board because I think that voice is always missing. I think for all boards, there should be um, a space um, designated for uh, the youth. I I uh, think that there's one member who's in like her late 30s or mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah, she's the youngest member of the board. yeah, maybe you're, you're talking about somebody who might be in their 20s or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that, that, that's what I'm, that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but but I also think you know we need folks from the business community. We need folks from the education community, uh, the nonprofit. Like we need to get as close as possible to um, representing the whole community at the table because those different voices bring um, 
equity and inclusion, uh, I believe. In it. And it's, it's great for the conversation. It's great for accountability. And I think we need to do a better job at not only vetting these folks, but also putting the word out that these positions even exist. I don't think a lot of folks even know how to even get uh, on a board. And I think we need a better process before uh, we appoint these folks. Um, I think the application process um, should go beyond um, recommendations. I think it, it should really be an in-depth interview, um, such as a job interview or, or things of that nature. And I think uh, it needs to be a community review on these folks that are going before the recommendation comes uh, before the council from the county executive. And we'll be right back after this quick break. And we are back on Politically Speaking with 1st District County Council candidate Terry Wilson. And Terry, the county still has, I think, about $75 million-ish in that range left to spend in American Rescue Plan Act dollars. Where should that money go? That money should go where it is needed. The ARPA funds are funds that are a once-in-a-lifetime shot. And I just, I just think the council should not drop the ball on investing that money uh, where it should go. Um, and I think more detail and attention and planning should have started way before an election year. And I think a lot of this planning is coming around because there is an election year and, and folks want to make promises to their, their friends. Um, but I think we need to invest in early childhood. We need to invest in food insecurity. We need to invest in health care. Uh, we need to invest in uh, the streets. We need to invest in derelict properties. There are a lot of uh, vacant and abandoned properties that are on the post third list. Uh, some of them need to be torn down. Some of them need to be, could be salvaged. Uh, but that's a huge problem in North County. Uh, a lot of overgrown grass a lot of derelict buildings, um, and I think I think we need to fix that. And, and, and I speak to some of those things because those are some of the things that we uh, decided to do with our ARPA funds um, in uh, the city of Jennings. ARPA is a one-time source of funding. You're talking about longer-term investments in some of this, the early childhood food insecurity, for example. Where do you get the funding when ARPA runs out. So those investments that I spoke in a broader sense, um, I think need to be invested in areas that are already succeeding to kind of scale up what it is that they're already doing. Um, but when you talk about abandoned properties and fixing roads and, and uh, cameras and those things, I think getting those things off the ground, the initial cost could come out of ARPA, but I think those are manageable costs that could definitely come out of the general operating budget. And we need to look at our budget and shift some funds around. I mean, sometimes just because we're spending money in this area and been doing it for all these years doesn't mean it's being effective. And I think we need to make sure that we're using our budget in the most effective way. And so uh, that comes with the planning. Uh, when you're planning on how to spend the, those uh, funds, we need to make sure that we know that it'll be covered um, after those funds run out. But I think the initial uh, investment should go in those areas and it should go in the areas that are um, that are the highest need. Would would you have been comfortable with County Executive Page if you were on the council mm -hmm. having control over the CARES Act money in 2020 which was highly controversial because the council no longer had the ability to to deal, divvy out that money line by line. 
So I think the issue came due to politics um, because before then it was in the charter that the county exe- the county executive had certain powers. And uh, with those powers, I believe um, you have uh, checks and balances. That's why you have the executive and the judicial and the legislative. And I think we're getting further and further away from those powers and things aren't flowing the way that they should be flowing because they're being interrupted due to political fights, political arguments, and people want more control than this person and people want more control than that person. And I think when you uh, affect those things in a way that that they shouldn't be affected, um, that's when you have issues. Um, I wouldn't have had an issue with it because I believe that I'm a relationship builder and I build relationships, and I think the relationship would have been there uh, and right now, everything was so chaotic and dysfunctional, um, no one had any trust. And so the only way folks felt to get power uh, was to change the way, uh, change the rules, move the goalposts. Um, and I think executive have their powers, the legislative have their powers, and we just have to make sure that we're checking and balancing uh, those powers. And that was an, that was an executive power. So would you have been okay with a different county executive than Sam Page being granted the appropriation power over the CARES Act money? Um, I would say if that's an executive power, I respect the power of each branch of government. It wasn't, though. That was the issue, is that previously the council, county council had been the one to allocate funding. The county executive wanted that power for himself over this pot of money, which was hence why it was so controversial. And so, so does your answer to the question depend on who's the county executive or no, the situation no, itself? It doesn't depend on who's the county executive. It depends on those powers. Now, you said those powers were already the county council. I don't know why it was given to the county executive because that was the county. At the time, and I'll, I'll explain some background for both okay. you and our listeners. Basically, Paige was like, we're in an emergency right now. We need to make quick decisions on this money, and we need to take this highly unusual step of giving my administration this appropriation powers, power. Yeah. And, you know, to be to be fair, the person you're running against, Rita Days, voted for that right. and later said that she regretted doing that. I mean, that's something we'll ask her when she's on the show. Mm-hmm. That's part of the dysfunction. I think when the government is working together, I don't think you have those. You have issues, but I don't think that would have been an issue if they were working together for the good of the community and not the good of their political powers. Mm-hmm. I think that is what came into play. Um, and, you know, uh, community building uh, moves at the speed of trust. There's no trust right now in county government. And so with there not being trust, there's going to always be special circumstances or people wanting to do things in a special way because of this and because of that. Um, but if, if the government is set up the way the government is uh, set up to run uh, and there's no trust there, there's going to always be special circumstances. But regardless of who the county executive is, regardless of who the county council is, um, at the end of the day, um, both branches need to be working together. I'm not saying they have to agree on every single thing, but that's that's a part of democracy. But I think um, the arguments and the dysfunction is so bad uh, right now. Uh, I mean, you're liable to see anything or people to say anything or wanting to do anything. Now, there's another pot of money that's out there based off this settlement over the Rams leaving for Los Angeles. 
Do you think that St. Louis County should get an equal share of those funds with the city and the regional sports authority? Absolutely. Now, why should they get that when St. Louis County did not plan on providing any financial money to the Riverfront Stadium like the city promised it would do? Uh, They should have, uh, but I still believe (laughs) we're owed um, half of that settlement um, because we we contribute just as much as uh, St. Louis City, not only to the facility, but also um, to the dome. To the dome. Okay. You know? So what would you want to spend the Rams' money on? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> that That's a tough one, man. I, I think that – so when when you get money like that and it, and it's a settlement, I don't think we should be in a huge rush to spend it. I think, one, it should be uh, – it should go into a separate fund, um, not the general fund. Um, I think there should be lots of planning around where that money is invested. Uh, I don't. I think there should be a, a a long timeline on that investment. I don't think it needs to be rushed, um, because just like ARPA, you know, a, a settlement sometimes is a one-time <laughs> shot at a one-time deal. And so, just to rush and do a project just because we have this money, I don't think is a good investment. Um, I think uh, a lot of thought. Uh, needs to go into it. So right now, I can't really truly say what I would do with that money right now. I would I would definitely want to hear from the community. Uh, I would definitely want to have the community participate in how we spend that money uh, and have a huge voice in how we spend that money. Because sometimes elected officials think uh, because we're in the seat, uh, everything that we think of is what it what should happen. But I think if we do more engagement, um, more community engagement around spending. I think uh, we'll have a lot more uh, people satisfied in the community on uh, on how uh, funds are being spent because their voice is there, and that's important. Now, we're only there because of the community. And so if we're not speaking for the community what the community wants, then we're truly um, not uh, doing them a, a good service. And so uh, I think a lot needs to go into that before it's spent, but I definitely think it needs to uh, be put in a separate account. Uh, to where it's accounted for and not mixed in with uh, general revenue. Let's do a quick lightning round here. Do you support having the city of St. Louis join St. Louis County as the 80-somethingth municipality? I think that decision should be made by the voters. Um, It's so controversial. Um, I think the voters should decide um, um, how that goes. And the voters of St. Louis and St. Louis County exclusively are statewide? No, St. Louis City. And St. St. Louis and County. St. Louis County yes. exclusively. Do you think that members of the St. Louis County Council should be paid more than $20,000 a year? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. There, there's, a, there's a lot that, go into, that goes into that. Um, and, and, you know, folks say all the time, you know what you're signing up for. But it takes a lot of time to be an effective legislator, effective elected official, uh, we're seeing a lot, and I'm not, I'm not making an excuse for anybody who does anything wrong, but we're seeing a lot, a lot of uh, people doing a lot of side things because they aren't, um, I guess, aren't compensated. But I, I definitely think um, more than 20-something thousand dollars should be the same. Would you support St. Louis County having a council manager similar to how many cities in the region have a city manager, sort of another 
executive oversight position that would basically provide support for the council? I can't say yes or no right now. I would have to see um, some examples. Should the county council have more than seven members? <sighs> That's a great question. Because, and this is the reason I'm asking this question. Yeah. Uh, council members represent council districts that are that are, I think, almost as large as Boone Senate, County. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Seriously. quite. Yeah. But right, if there's about a million people in the county divided by seven, whatever that math works out yeah, to. Yeah, so. Well, it, it's definitely a huge responsibility. Uh, and, and if not and if not more uh, council members, I would definitely say at least more staff because they only, you know, the county council only gets one legislative assistant, and then I think they have an overall uh, county council assistant for for all the council folks but I, if not another council member definitely um, more staff in the county council's office gonna go with a completely non-political question mm -hmm. here favorite post-workout meal or snack favorite post-workout meal or snack okay my wife will definitely be listening to this <laughs> um, so I, I usually work out in the morning and so by the time I get home, it's close to seven. And so breakfast is always uh, uh, my go-to. And so as of late, um, I do egg whites and I do uh, turkey bacon. Um, and then I have a protein shake because I do a lot of heavy uh, lifting. And so strawberry, GNC, this isn't a promo, but <laughs> strawberry protein shake from GNC. Hey, hey if I can come on the show <laughs> and say go get Paxlovid <laughs> if you get COVID. You're allowed to hawk uh, a, a, a strawberry protein yeah, that, shake that, from That's GMC. my go-to. Oh, I have one more, and my trainer's probably listening to, but I like chocolate-covered almonds. Ooh. All right. <laughs> For all of our stories and coverage of the upcoming August primary, you can go to our website, stlpr.org. I'm on Twitter at R. Lipman. Jason, where can people find you? Jay Rosenbaum. And Terry, where can people follow along with you and your campaign? Terry Wilson for St. Louis County or just Terry Wilson. If you type in Terry Wilson St. Louis right now, all of my social media will pop up. But you can find me on Facebook, find me on Twitter, you can find me on LinkedIn, you can find me on Instagram. Terry Wilson, STL County, Terry Wilson, Terry Wilson, Terry Wilson. Politically Speaking is a product of St. Louis Public Radio, which is a service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Until next time, so long.